You're listening to a Church Doctor production. Welcome to the audio version of the Church Doctor Report, presented by Kent Hunter. Welcome to this audio version of the Church Doctor Report, January-February 2020 issue. Our subject is the decline of respect, what it means for your church. And before we get into this issue, I want to say that this issue is the result of an enormous amount of research I have done for the book Restoring Civility, Lessons from the Master, released in February 2020. And what I want to say is, is that the more I looked at Scripture under the subject of civility, the more I realized that Jesus indeed is the master of civility. And so I'm just really grateful for this study that made me focus on what Jesus has to say on how we respect one another and why he is, without question, the all-time eternal superstar on a subject that greatly impacts not only our world, but also your church and mine. So, let's get started. Pastor John sat quietly in his office. His stress had reached a new high level for his 23 years at the church. His mind raced with thought and prayer to God. Lord, I just don't know what to do. I'm desperate. My church is blowing up. This whole thing has gotten way out of control. Yeah, this is a true story. The pastor had familiarity with church doctor ministries. One of our church doctors actually had conducted a church consultation for this congregation only two years before. So, in this moment of desperation, he called to talk to that consultant. We have a new situation that has come up, and it's divided our church, he said. About three months ago, we discovered our full-time youth leader had some inappropriate behavior with one of the young people in our youth group. Our elders confronted him, and he admitted his mistakes. Well, the elders and I felt it necessary that the youth pastor be terminated. We asked him to seek counseling and restoration. We recognized his giftedness for youth ministry and, with professional help, indicated that it was our hope he would likely be able to serve another church on a staff in the future. We agreed to keep his impropriety private as long as he promised to get professional help and guidance. We didn't want to disrupt the entire church or hurt his future. So, the youth leader agreed and resigned. However, a few days later, I got this long, scathing email from a woman in the church who had two kids in the high school youth group. It was nasty and accusatory. She blamed me and the elders Worse yet, she copied this email to 32 of her friends, all members of our church. About 20 of them had kids in the youth group. 
Our consultant at the other end of this phone conversation responded from the conversation and asked, so, Pastor, what did you do? How did you respond to this scathing email? The pastor replied, I wrote her back an email of my own, almost twice as long as hers. I told her that it was the elder's right to let people go. I told her there were issues that won't be made public. And as I sent the email, I copied it to the 32 people that got her email to me, along with the church council, the youth board members, as well as some of the officers in leadership at our church. Now, however, the rumors are flying. The congregation is divided. It's a real mess. We need help, and we need it fast. The whole church is about to explode. We want to fly you out here as soon as possible to help us. What is the issue behind the issue? The challenge the pastor shared is much larger than himself, the woman who sent the email, and their church. This true scenario represents a national issue in this country and our world today, and it is bleeding into the church at every direction. It's called incivility. The word civility means respect. It is related to the idea of being civilized. When people act without respect for one another, it is a reflection of uncivilized behavior. The idea of civility and respect are related to the concept of polite. What's really interesting is the word polite is the root idea from which we get the words politics and politicians. <laughs> now, that's some food for thought. Those in leadership, and this is the point, those in leadership, by definition of their office, are to be respected, and they are to be respectful. That respect is a given. We are supposed to respect our leaders, and they are supposed to act with respect toward all others. Interesting. You know, in Titus 3, 1 and 2, it says, Remind people to respect the government and be law-abiding, always ready to lend a helping hand. No insults, no fights. God's people should be big-hearted and courteous. That's from the message version. Well, when this was written, it's important to remember that the people who read this letter to Titus were under the heavy-handed rule of the pagan Roman government. Titus 3, 1-2 is a great reminder that respect is non-negotiable, even in unfair conditions. There is no need to detail the enormous drift from civility, respect, in our nation and in our world today, and increasingly in our congregations. 
everyone's aware of it. With every newscast, talk show host, many of the Hollywood films, television shows, magazines, and many books, incivility has crept into our churches as well, just like in the congregation that I, I mentioned at the beginning, where the youth leader on staff had to be terminated. Have you ever heard gossip from church members in your congregation? What about abuse by email? Has email helped or hurt? <laughs> well, the honest answer, both. The difference, civility is non-negotiable. It's a non-negotiable framework for productive living. So let's take a further look at our so-called sophisticated world. Has the Internet helped or hurt our ability to get along? <laughs> well, the answer is yes to both. It may be that humans are intelligent enough to create the Internet, but perhaps not wise enough to know how to use it. You know, I watch our five-year-old granddaughter glued to an iPad. Is that good or bad? The answer is probably both, depending. Depending on what? Well, it probably depends on moral discipline from parents for their kids, for adults themselves. And yet now there's evidence of increasing erosion of respect, that is civility, even in churches. We have recently worked with a man representing the elders who are part of a huge church. And in this congregation, a woman on staff accused the pastor of actually hitting her during an argument or discussion, depending on which one you talk to. The elders did a great job, by the way, of working with the pastor who reports no uh, infringement occurred. The pastor reports that he had disciplined her bad behavior and she acted out in retribution. The elders heard her side of the story and helped the leadership to conclude that she should be let go for several connected occurrences, not just the one, occurrences of unprofessional and unspiritual conduct. Well, the woman in question had access to the email list of the whole congregation since she was on the staff prior, and so she and her husband pleaded their case in an unbiased email to over a thousand members of the church, and numerous families left that congregation. The increasing number of stories like this, I'm not kidding you, stories of disrespectful behavior in churches, it continues to increase every month. Well, let's talk a little bit about elements of behavior. What are they? Gossip is common in many congregations. It's also commonly misunderstood. We've interviewed many church members who say, oh, it's not gossip because I know it's true. I just had this happen a few weeks ago at a congregation in California. Yet truth is not the issue. Gossip 
is when you share damaging information about anyone to any person except the one who is the offender. You know, Jesus makes this clear in Matthew 18, 15 to 17. If someone offends you, there's a procedure. And by offense, it can be to you personally or to another person, but you witness it. Jesus' procedure is basic. Go to the person and share your concern privately. Privately. Now, at this point, I know because I've asked many people this. At this point, many Christians respond, but I don't like conflict. Well, I got news for you. No normal, emotionally healthy person likes conflict. In fact, if you like conflict, you need counseling. Discomfort with conflict is normal, but it is no excuse for gossip whatsoever. So Jesus continues this teaching that if a person continues in the offense, you should take another person with you as an objective witness. This person should be a mature Christian. It is better, I think, if you do not brief the person that goes with you from your side of the story beforehand. Let the person hear both sides without prejudice. After all, you're not out there to win something. You're out there to help someone. Jesus goes further. He says, if the person is still unrepentant and the issue can't be solved, take it to the church. Now, does this mean the whole church? Well, Scripture doesn't say. But if restoration of the person, the one that's involved, is the real objective, I don't believe it's the entire church. The whole elder group or leadership team? I don't even think that's likely. Just from the tone of Scripture, I think it's implied that the desired outcome is reconciliation. So once it gets to the take it to the church level, it may be best to gather a very small, very small group of the most mature Christians to seek a solution. Let's talk about a couple of other issues beyond gossip. What about slander and libel? What are those? Well, if your gossip includes damaging content about another person's character or their reputation, it's called slander. This is yet another sin piled on top of gossip. It is also a sure way to blow up your congregation. Now, if you put that gossip or slanderous content into writing, it's called libel, which is an issue that you can go to court and go to jail for. Some libelous actions are punishable by law. Libel includes emails and even texting. It also includes any imager, caricature, or drawing of a person that sends a message of disrespect about that person. <laughs> yeah, consider all the political caricatures on the covers of news magazines. That tell you, tells you something about the civility issue in our culture. 
What about Jesus on civility? Well, Jesus is the master of civility. He is the master of civility teaching. No one in history has helped the cause of respect more than our Lord. The scripture is the definitive source for civil conduct, polite interaction, and respectful living. So what is your church doing? What are you as Christians learning? How are you acting in order to curb the trend toward an uncivilized world as it seeps and creeps into the church? You know, the teaching of the scripture is our best hope to handle the challenges our generation faces with all the blessings and potential curses of an internet world. Will you, will your church step up for civility? If you do it right, you will direct people to the master of civility, Jesus, who restores civility and much more, one person at a time. And I want to add that after some of these issues that we've been involved in as church consultants, I just had to do something that would help people immediately. And so I wrote the Bible study, Email Mania, to help Christians grow in civil behavior. It's not long, just a few pages, and it's free. You can download it from our website, and I would highly recommend making sure that every person in your church, every person who comes into your church, who joins your church, reads what the scripture says about how we ought to behave. Till next time, that's the Church Doctor Report. God bless you. Thank you for listening to the audio version of the Church Doctor Report. If you would like to receive the written version in your email, please sign up by going to www.churchdoctor.org. If you've enjoyed this teaching, please share it with others and encourage them to subscribe. Thank you, and God bless.